You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Connor Report wherever you get your podcast. You can see I'm in the Commander's hostage room out in the media room. So if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us on YouTube as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated. Of course, you can always read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story up on Taylor Heineke this weekend. Just the impact that he has on teammates. We see the flaws, we see the the issues, but the teammates gravitate toward what some players call the it factor. So there you go. That'll be up on ESPN.com. And today, of course, are the keys to the game and my prediction. I'm going to go a little bit of a goofy way on the prediction here, so bear with me in a few minutes. Before I get to that, a few little bits of news and all that. Already ruled out for the game, Jahan Dotson, receiver, because the hamstring injury, no surprise there, hasn't practiced since he re-aggravated it. uh, before the Green Bay game, who knows when we're going to see him again. Those things are always tricky, and once you re-aggravate it, it can be a few more weeks for sure. So don't know yet about beyond this weekend, but he wasn't even out on the practice field this week. Uh, linebacker Cole Holcomb also ruled out because of a foot injury. That means that you're going to see David Mayo, you'll see some John Bostic, but you also see sometimes Jamin Davis playing the Mike linebacker. They have been very pleased with Davis's progression in the defense and his understanding of the defense, there have been times, I think I told you this last week, times where Davis will even motion to or, or say, can communicate with Holcomb on the field for something he sees that he needs that Holcomb should be aware of. So in other words, he has a deeper understanding of the defense. So we'll see how he plays. He's been playing fast. It would be a different role if they put him there, um, but it's something they can do. So we'll see. Anyway, Holcomb is out. Logan Thomas, questionable with the calf injury. Things I would say look good for him. One thing I always look for on a Friday is does he participate in the red zone work? And he did. Always a good sign that the guy is, that they're expecting the guy in the game. He's in the game plan and they're expecting him to play. That's where, you know, but he's still listed as questionable. Uh, Sadiq Charles, questionable. He's been sick. There's a good chance that Trey Turner will start there. Ron Rivera swears that Turner has improved since he, we last saw him. And I'll say this. He better have because if not, he's going to get destroyed um, because he just look, he's looked bad. And you can't afford that against this defensive front. So he, they like that he's athletic and stout. He needs to show it Sunday if that's the case, if he if he truly has improved to that level. Uh, Sam Cosme, would not, he's not going to play. You're, they're still going to go with Cornelius Lucas. Cosme still has the club on his hand. And who else do we need to talk? Deami Brown, also questionable. Now with Dotson out. You would be helpful to have um, Brown be able to play. He was practicing this week. So, again, I think it's a good sign, um, and we'll see from there. Now, the other thing that's coming up is a trade deadline on Tuesday at 4 p.m. And so let's get into that just for a quick minute. 
and one of the things I want, well, I'm going to start off with Ron Vera came into the press conference on Friday before he even sat down. He wanted to correct what he said it was in some report that was the report that was out there that they were taking calls on running back Antonio Gibson. He flat out said that they're not trading him and they like him. They love the running back room. And so they don't like, but he said that before anybody even asked, he was adamant about it. Um, anyway, so there you go there. I don't, it's funny because he had said something about JD McKissick on Thursday about his role. Like you may not need him as much because of the success of Robinson and then Antonio Gibson, if they're running well, they're not throwing as much. That's where, where JD comes in. Do not take that as anything other than they, they actually, the, instead of, diminishing his role they'd like to somehow get him included into other packages and situations so you know anyway so he's i don't think any of these running backs are going anywhere folks the one guy that still would be on the table is william jackson the third i think teams are waiting to see if washington will cut him more so than giving anything up to trade for him he does have the back issue would be a little bit of a uh i don't want to say roller dice you're talking about a low round pick but you would have to give something up for a guy that you're not sure what his health status is going to be the rest of the season. Then also, there's always a talk about Deron Payne. And it's it's getting a little bit, I don't know, out of control, whatever. I don't know. I mean, people just wanted to, to discard him, I guess. Here's the thing. They want to keep him after this year. So if you want to keep him, if you think there's a chance that you're going to, tr- if you're going to try and keep the guy after this year with whatever contract you're going to offer him, you're not going to trade him now because you see him as part of your future. And that's my understanding of what's going on here. So if they didn't see it that way, then I think you'd be more apt to trade him. Um, you also, the other thing is they're still in the playoff contention. It doesn't matter what I think. doesn't matter what you think about how good the team is with the extra wildcard team. Now teams are staying and going to be in contention longer. And so you're not going to give up on certain things before that point. But the real key is, they would like to try and keep him. If that's the case, you're not going to trade him for a third-round pick now, knowing that, well, if you try and you don't get him or you don't keep him, you're going to get a third-round comp pick in 2024, assuming you don't go out and sign anybody for a big deal. Because if you do, that cancels that out, that comp pick out. The other thing is, like, there are some teams, I think, that would probably be willing to give up a second-round pick for him. However, the only way you do that is by extending by making sure you can ex- give him get him signed to a contract extension before you give up that second. I think teams would gladly give up a third for the same reason you know, with Washington. If you if a team gives up a third for him and he doesn't stick around, well, you're going to get that back in a comp pick after the you know in 2024. But again, the key is they would like to try and keep him. And you the strength of that team is the defense. The best part of that defense is the line, and the best part of the line are the way it tackles John Allen and Deron Payne are playing. They, by far, are their most effective players you know, up front and on that, you know, in, in the defense. They're, they've been playing consi- consistently well, so you're not going to break that up willingly. Now, we we know that there have, been, they've, there have been chances in the past for them to trade him and that he had been, I don't want to say on the block, but that certainly there were possibilities, I'll just say. But right now, again, they'd like to try and keep him, so we go on with that. Anyway. You know, the other thing is you're not, well, they'll just leave it there because I do think that's a big, re, that's a big factor in this. If they didn't think they're going to try and keep him and you knew he's going to go, he's going to be gone, then you'd be, then you'd be more apt to say you could get something really good from now. But there we go. Let's move on to the keys and then the prediction for the game. 
The first key, control Jonathan Taylor. And I was initially going to say, control Sam Ellinger. But the way you control Ellinger is by controlling Jonathan Taylor. Put Ellinger in bad situations. Put him in second and third and long where he has to make plays and make plays from the pocket to, to generate offense. And you do that by limiting Taylor on first and second down. They, the Colts have not run the ball well. Taylor's had some injuries. He has not looked the same as he did last year. That offensive line is not very good. So I think this is a, it's a good matchup for Washington's defensive front, just like it's a good matchup for the Colts' front against Washington's offensive line. But it's really a good matchup for these guys up front. Quentin Nelson has been, has been a really good left guard. You heard Stephen Holder on my podcast the other day talking about some of the line issues and that hold, excuse me, that Nelson not playing as well as in the past. He's an athletic guy, but I don't know that technically he's as sound as some other guards. So I do think there's some things that they can take advantage of up front and then limit Taylor and put Ellinger in position to, in his first NFL start, to make a play to beat him. You know, that's what you have to do. So if if they're able to control the game on the ground, if the Colts get that ground game going, it's going to be a problem because now you're setting up the play action, but you're also allowing Ellinger to get in a position to use his legs, maybe in some third and short situations where he's got some options there. And you don't want that. One thing that Ellinger does give him is that athleticism and that ability to extend plays that clearly Matt Ryan didn't have. I think Ellinger also, the thing I wonder about is what kind of spark does he provide? Is it a Heineke type spark? Because there's some similar underdog type stories there. And there's a similar hard road that he's had to travel to get here and some tragedy along the way. His dad died when he was, I think, 15 years old. So in 2014, his brother had a drug overdose and died 18 months ago. There have been some hardships. So there's that there's that um, personal pull, I think, that may that he may have as well as Heineke does. And the style of play, there's, these teams are very similar. I think the quarterbacks are similar, but it's his first start. So put more put the pressure on him to make plays to beat you. Um, the athleticism, the ability to stem plays, I think, works well with these with this receiving group. It's a pretty athletic group. Alec Pierce, you know, um, Paris Campbell. Um, you know, among others. So they said th- there are some there's some good receiver. There are some all right receivers there. But you, if you put the pressure on Ellinger, keep him in the pocket. I think it changes the game and the way the Colts will move the ball. So um, anyway, that's what that's one of the things you have to do there. The other thing is, if you're going to get them out, you would like to typically force guys to get to their left. So you can do that through some blitzes, through some stunts. And I think that's one of the things you can look at for for them if you're going to make them run, make them run to the left. The funny thing is, I say that, and one of his big plays in the preseason was a 50-yard pass when he that he threw when he was rolling to his left. So, but you kind of want to get guys away from their what their strength is. Um, one thing to note: he struggled in the past in college. The reputation was that he struggled more against zone coverage than against man coverage. Washington, of course, will play heavy zone. All right, number two. Running back creativity. you got to be creative with these running backs. Indianapolis has a good D. I'm not going to look at the numbers for them. Just watching them on film, I think they're a pretty good D. Linebackers are fast. You have a good defensive line. I'll get to some of that in a minute. And, and the way I think the coverage is, it allows you to get those running backs involved in different ways. It's In terms of yards per carry, Indianapolis is fourth in the NFL in yards per carry allowed. So it's going to be hard to run the ball on them. But couple things you can do get him involved in the screen game get some get, whether it's mckissick gibson get him involved in the screen game use some of the two running back looks i think that's something that you could really help that could help them this weekend with the colts 
is getting those guys, getting whether it's Robinson and Gibson, Gibson and McKissick, whatever. And then you throw Curtis Samuel in there with his, his versatility. I think that makes a difference too. So be creative with that group. Um, again, the screens. And then they, Indianapolis gives up a lot of catches to running backs in the pass game, primarily because their coverage, the way they cover it, they're going to give that cushion. So there's a lot of chances to work underneath and drive the ball down the field. So you, if you get, but if you can get McKissick one-on-one in, in space, that's a good matchup for you. And I think compared to some other teams that the Colts have faced, I think they have more backs that can hurt you in the pass game than some other teams. So I think that bodes well for them, but it's one way I think you can attack them. But be creative with that group and get them involved, get them all involved. Finally, be patient. The style, especially on offense, the style of defense that Indianapolis plays, again, it's a lot of cover three. So there's they're gonna the, there's gonna be a lot of cushion. So they're not they don't want to give up that big play. So they're going to force you to force a team to drive, go on those long drives, play, you know, time consuming drives, 10 to 12 to 13, 14 play drives and make you convert in the red zone. They're actually giving up. I think it's almost 58 percent of um, uh, 58 percent conversion rate in the ends in the red zone, which isn't very good. But they make it hard on you when you but they do. But you do get in there a lot and you they will make it hard on you in some games. You can't have to make sure that that it's not difficult in this one. Um, they have really good defensive tackles, uh, DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, and then you get Shaquille Leonard, the formerly Darius Leonard, the middle linebacker back. That's a good middle of the defense. That's a tough, tough task to run against them. But, you know, they will move, and they also will move Buckner around. They'll put Stewart over the nose. They'll put him at tackle. Um, so it's a, it's a versatile group. It's a strong group. I do think that there is some notion that you're going to run right at 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 them at times and be content with those two, three, four-yard gains, three, four, three, four, three, four, and move it that way. Just be patient with it and don't force things because the, the, the yards will be there and then the key will be converting in the red zone. They can go to a little bit more of the Tampa 2 stuff in the, in the red zone. So if you have some good Tampa 2 beaters, this is the week to use them. Um, but again, they do have that ability. And then like you look at the corner, Stefan Gilmore is a really good corner. And one of the things, again, he plays with a lot of cushion, but one thing you have to do with him, he's still effective, but what he does off the line, he doesn't open up when you come off the line. He's going to backpedal a little bit. And when you open, with them, when you open, he's going to go, but he's going to give you that cushion. What you need to do is get into him. So you need on your route, if you're going to try and get open against him, you need to get into him and attack that, attack that cushion. Don't give him the cushion. If you give him that cushion, he's going to undercut the receiver and that's when it's dangerous for a quarterback. So that's what you have to do. So again, be patient. But again, with against Gilmore, you can be smart and you can attack him that way. If you're going to attack him, that's how you have to do it. So that's those are the keys. Now, how's this game going to play out? I have no idea because these teams are very, very similar. So really, it comes down to special teams. Does somebody make a mistake? Washington has benefited from two muffed punts in each of the last two games, leading to points. That's how they have basically those have it's decided two games. Can they get another one like that? Antonio Gibson has had some really good returns. Does he keep go, that going? I like him as a returner, very aggressive, very fast, good, and he's smart back there as well. So I think that helps the turnovers. I mean, I mean, these are all cliches, but it's when a game like it's a game like this, it's really a coin flip game. So who wins a turnover battle? If you're playing on the road, so does that you're, you're playing against a team with a, a young quarterback? 
and the crowd's going to be go crazy if they if they are able to get a lead and do anything with him or if there's a big play. So just kind of you know you don't want to get those game changing plays the other way. But you play smart, you play well, then I think you'll be okay. It's really hard one to pick. So this is what we're going to do. So I found this coin flip app on on social media. Let's see. See, it says tails. All right, we'll go tails for Washington, heads for the Colts. Let's see where it comes up. It's heads. Sorry, Colts, 21-20. I actually think Washington will win. So we're going to go 21-20 Washington. But it just to me, it just shows you how close this, these teams are. I think they're very much mirror images. And it legitimately, as much a coin flip game as we've covered in a while, this one is it. So there you go. Keys, prediction. Enjoy, enjoy the game. I'll be back after the game with the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein. So I will talk to you next time.